What up? It's the motherfucking Hustler Gang. I'm Mitchell Gambin. Sean. And Jesse. And uh, this week we're joined by a man who we uh, grew up with in the ranks, very well known around the Greystone circles. Local legend. Local legend. Couple Myth, of... the man, the legend, Raiden <laughs> Lewis. Couple off, sta- uh, off, 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 um, off air stories that won't be repeated on air. Uh, how you going, Louis? Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, thanks for the kind words there, gents. Uh, we might just leave it there, right? Eh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I don't think we had any more kind words to give you. <laughs> I was yeah, running loose. <laughs> I was ripping into the brain to try and find something. Yeah, there's not much to say, uh, except that I'm an alcoholic and the gambling addict, and I'll probably be gone by 20 by the time I'm 25. So. Well, look. Like Tupac, uh, Tupac punched some pretty good years before 25, so if you can do the same, mate, maybe 25 is your time. Yeah, look, I think I'm better than Tupac, but uh, we'll, we'll leave it at it. Rapping-wise, rapping rapping you are. <laughs> Rapping-wise, you are, Louis. Yeah, look, I, don't, I, I mean, I don't want to gloat about my uh, mic abilities, but yeah, okay. Oh, I've heard some fucking raps, all right. Um, no, nah, just tell tell us about yourself from your your point of view, an, an actual just kind of intro. Um, obviously, doesn't have to be too formal. It's fucking hustler, uh, but just for people to know about you, in a sense. Um, well, yeah, uh, well, as you said, Braden Lewis uh, live around the Grey States area. Um, yeah, just, I don't know, just an average Joe Blow, I'd say. Uh, go to uni, I work. Um, and just trying to make the best of the situation at the moment with the coronavirus stuff going yeah. on. What are your I thoughts? Didn't know, I didn't know it was physically possible to go more than three weeks without a schooner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you being on? I want Struggle Street. Yeah. I think if you said that to anyone a couple of months ago, uh, they wouldn't have believed you. They would have told you, get no way. I think Schooner's an essential service, and Scott Morrison needs to re-examine his stance, because this is bullshit. Well, look, there's never more people in a pub than there is in a school, so at the end of the day, if schools are getting back open... I mean, why are schools open? Who gives a fuck about schools? Especially the way they've pushed the whole online learning. Yeah, like, that's uh, a massive step, and now they're just going back to a fucking hot zone for kids. We're yeah. flattening the curve, and now we're doing stuff like this. <laughs> On the basis that apparently kids are very hot, low risk at getting it. Well, did you see the other day that he, he banned that rule, the 1.5 metre rule as well, with school? So they're all going to be back sitting next to each other. <laughs> he was saying it's not necessary in the classroom. What do you mean, mate? So, well, so like, what do you what mean? What I don't understand is, what I don't understand is if, if they're sitting in the classroom, and they can be basically sitting on top of each other, but what happens when they leave the classroom near the playgrounds? Do they have to separate? Is it just, you know what I mean? Well, that's it, because there's classes of 30 or whatnot, and then when it's lunchtime and recess, what, there's 120, 200 kids on the one playground? More, 600, yeah. bro. Like, let's even let's more. think of OQP. Like, I remember going to be we there? had, what, 850 uh, 800 from kids. K to K-6, and that, that basketball court at lunch... Was packed. Was literally Para Westfield's fucking boxing I don't, boxing day. Honestly, <laughs> like, I don't know how we got like soccer games in. We would literally be playing like soccer with a tennis ball from one end to the other, whilst there's 740 other games going in in between. You have to schedule the court fucking three weeks before as well to make sure you get a fucking go on there. Like, are they? Did he, Louis or, or, or the boys? Did he um say it's it's still on? Outside the classroom, like 1.5, so like... The oh, he didn't, he didn't really, he didn't, from what I understood, he didn't really say. Yeah, so he didn't elaborate on it. 
And that's what parents have been complaining about because they're confused. They're like, what, what do you do? Yeah. Some people are saying don't send them to school. Now you're saying send them. And now they're, they're allowed to sit close to each other. But what happens when they leave school? Are they going to get a thousand dollar fine on the way home if they're holding hands? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't make yeah. sense. And then most of these kids as well, you know, would be living with their grandparents, would come in contact with their grandparents. And they're at, they're at, you know, school with 200 other kids. Who knows who they've been in contact with? Who knows who's got it? They're not, they're like, they should at least test the kids every day, mm. at least a temperature or something like that. Yeah. To see if they and do have kids aren't the cleanest but, fucking specimens in the world for sure. Not, like, yeah, it's like literally... They're well, just not training. The kids, are you really still there, Jesse? Jesus, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, they're going to fucking get a piece of my mind, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm going to keep my kids away from you. <laughs> His uncle's Jerry Ep- Epstein. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's, a whole, that's a whole other, a whole other case. Wake though. up, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, buddy. It's been a couple of months. That might be a conversation to have later in the body. That'll open a can of worms that'll be interesting Who's enough. Who said wake up Jeff? No, <laughs> Jess. Jess is killing it this morning. Oh, he's killing it this morning. Yeah, but in terms of that, um, yeah, like kids naturally, like they're just naturally running around, not cognizant of all this kind of wash. Your, like you got to tell them, like wash, wash your, your hands, hands or don't wipe your butt with your hands. Bro, they eat dirt. Like, <laughs> like you've got to use toilet paper. They're <laughs> not wrong. In the younger years, of course. Like, stuff like that. That's obviously an exaggeration, but I'm just saying, like, they're naturally just not cognizant of that stuff, so... But then you think when about, you're like, sending crafts them. and shit, like, all them activities where they're using all these, you know, scissors and mm. Play-Doh and all yeah, that shit that they even, do, bro. Even, like, sports where they sneak. play with, like, yeah. uh, bats and other sports equipment, they're all holding it, touching it. How yeah. many people are going to touch the classroom floor to open it to get in? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. These, yeah. Are, these are all things that need to come into consideration. And then so, imagine being a teacher during this time. Like, I know, and you, know, you do want to go back to work, yeah. but at the same time, you don't want to put your fucking life at risk. You're in your own family. Yeah, that's it. You're putting your family's life at risk just by coming in contact or sitting in a classroom with thirty odd kids. Mm. Especially if you're a teacher who's a bit odd in age and has you may have underlying health issues. Well, that's you know, I, th- I think the majority 60, of the older, like the. The elder teachers, they'd be taken off. So they'd be, yeah, they'd be taken off for sure. They'd be the ones you wouldn't want there. But at the same, my partner, she uh, is a casual teacher, and they're not short of work. Like casual teachers are in there pretty much every second day. And at least, at least before this, when they'll shift into that online move, when it was more like, um, don't send your kids to school if you can, send them if you have to. It was more supervising than it was teaching. So, like, my question first was when I heard that is, is it going to be the same when they go back? And if online teaching is now so, like, if if the kids are getting used to that, then if it's going to be literally supervising at schools, why are we doing that when we can just... What's the point? Push this online learning, if it has to be until week five to week eight, somewhere where we're comfortable and can bring them back and do the curriculum Monday through Friday, like, what's the point of, what's the point of, um, what's the point of, like... Dipping your foot half in the water. Yeah. 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 You make a valid point. Well, I was wondering, gents, uh, if you were all parents, would you you be comfortable with sending your your kids to school? Probably probably not, to be honest. Beginning of the semester? Because, like, I think about it in a sense that, you know, my nan's around, like, you know what I mean? I've got all this other family that comes and visits or like my nan lives with us or that sort of shit 
So yeah. they're, they're exposed in a sense. Like it leaves them exposed to anything really. Mm. Yeah. So like Look, in that sense, I'll probably, yeah, I'd probably say no. I think it would be a case by case scenario. Say if like I'm living just with say a wife, kids, etc. We're all, I wouldn't say the epitome of health, but <laughs> we're not, we don't have any pre-existing kind of respiratory problems. And say me and my wife had to work in jobs that were still going and we couldn't really, we didn't have any, we couldn't really take it off. I would be comfortable sending them because they're not coming home to someone who's at high risk. Who's high risk. Yeah. And obviously who knows if I'm high risk until I get it. Who knows if my wife, who knows mm. all this different bits and pieces, who knows if they're not going to get it. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be say a hundred percent comfortable, but I think in that scenario, I can understand why people do send them because yeah. it's like the only choice and you still got to put food on the table at the end of the day. The economy doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in like say Jesse's situation, which is a real situation, if I had an older, like a grandparent um, or a relative or someone in that, or even like if one of my children had a say asthma or a respiratory problem, probably not sending them. Happy, happy to, happy to, you know, I'd, I'd try and work from home or something of that in that um, ballpark. What about yourself? Yeah, uh, yeah, like you said, I think case by case would be the best way to look at it. But I'd probably. Yeah, I probably would send them. I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah, look, I don't know. I, I might send them. Might be sick of the bust, so I might send them. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> that's... Imagine being at home with them every single day. Yeah. And if they you've got to work, if your partner's yeah, got to work. Yeah, you do, that's right. You have to work. Like, you have to that's them. why it would be a different case-by-case um, case mm. situation. And, and, but... it's, and still, they're at school to learn. And I think this online learning and, and that, it's good to incorporate aspects of that into normal school the normal schooling but it, it can't be a, it can't be a permanent substitute for it like a standalone at the end of the day if, if this keeps happening and, and if you can't provide the resources and the time to help them learn they're just going to have to can the year then their education is going to suffer do you know what I mean and that's why they're at school so well, I think I read if, today Louis if all the if all the if, if all the information says that it's safe to go back to school and all the experts are saying look it's minimal risk it's like they can go then I don't see a problem with sending them We've yeah, just got to, I think we've got to trust these, these people. This is what they yeah. do. This is their mm. butter. They are the health experts. As long and as it's not the World Health Organization. Study has fared off a lot better than other countries. <laughs> mm. So I think, I think we should uh, respect the advice of the government and the, the relevant authorities and, mm-hmm. and send them off to, to school. Mm. Yeah, no, That's definitely a good, good point. Oh, hey, no, unless it's the uh, World Health Organization, huh? What's that? I said unless it's the World Health Organization given that... Uh, Given that yeah. advice, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, can, I, can, I, <laughs> can I just say, did you, did you see Donald Trump the other day say, oh, in, in, inject yourself say. with disinfectant? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the follow-up interview, yeah? So a lady's asking yeah. it like, hey, um, so about that uh, inject yourself with disinfectant conversation, uh, uh, sorry, comment, uh, you know, what did you mean by that? And he's like, it was clearly a joke, or whatever, however speaks. Um, it was sarcasm. It was sarcasm. sarcasm. <laughs> For reporters like you to, to then ask me. But Gambo was searching up before, apparently about 40 Americans already. Yeah, 30 New Yorkers, New Yorkers have been injecting themselves. Have literally yeah. done it. You know what? That does not surprise me. They are as... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. Apparently they're drinking bloody borax oh, no. cars. Apparently he was asking a very sarcastic question. 
and it they was, took it out of context. Clearly, clearly it was sarcasm. Yeah, he was saying it was sarcasm. Straight away after he said it, companies came out saying, do not inject yourself with our disinfectant. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what a lot <laughs> of them were saying. He's not, a, he's not Please just like... don't drink bleach. I can't believe I have to say this. <laughs> <laughs> like... What the fuck that's world are we living in? Who the fuck is going to drink bleach? But that's another thing I was thinking about when I thought about it. Like, Donald Trump isn't just a celebrity apprentice anymore. You know, if you're the president, people take your fucking words as dumb. Yeah. But, yeah. like, some people are just ignorant. Oh, like that. you got to be that a fucking certain level. class of human being to go, I'm going to drink some bleach. And families they are going to... They take his word as gospel, right? That's, yeah, yeah, what, that's what it is. That's what he come out again just saying. Fake news media. If you think that borax is going to get rid of coronavirus, you should drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's population control in a good way. We're getting rid of the ones that will do something to us. Well, it's, yeah, it's natural selection. All of the boons <laughs> yeah. die from being stupid. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, you know, the funniest with Trump looked. I don't care what your political thoughts are, but when I when I'm depressed and I'm sad, I'd go to YouTube and put on Donald Trump's savage moments just to dream myself up again. You're not wrong, bro. He's he makes, uh, one of the. Gr- he, he was calling it the China virus, and the lady's like, uh, "Why? Why are you being racist? Why? Why are you calling it the China virus?" <laughs> because it came from China. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't argue with that logic. Like again, political wise, you don't want to back him. If you do, then I guess that's your obviously your freedom. But um, just pure entertainment wise, and looking at him as an entertainer, he's the top five of our generation. Yeah, grabbed by the pussy. <laughs> like, how does the president get it's through just that like scandal? A room talk. Yeah, it was like a room talk. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone's just like, yeah, okay, okay. It was like a room talk. Like everyone's yeah, like. It was, <laughs> That's just me. Well, you can't argue. Yeah. I'm voting. I'm voting if I was over there. Boys, boys. Yeah, mate. When he's aboard, I want you to do it. And any of the listeners, I'm telling you, go watch Donald Trump's savage moments. How he how he talks to reporters is the funniest thing. Oh, a reporter a reporter asks him a question, and he looks at her, and he goes, "What a stupid question." <laughs> <laughs> that is a really stupid question. But I've seen your work, and you ask a lot of stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks off like he's in his own world. I was going to say, I think he just literally, he has a thought and he says it. Like, there's no filter in between the brain and the mouth. The world's panicking. The world's the world's burning. And Donald Trump is just walking by. Like, <laughs> like he's going to collect the paper. He's got his hands behind his back, looking around. You know why? Yeah. Because he probably struck up a fucking gov- uh, deal with the government for Trump Towers to be the house of bloody um, quarantine. And it's probably just bumped up his net worth by even more. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing out some hustler facts. Some hustler unsearched facts. <laughs> hustler conspiracy theories. <laughs> oh, mate, there's been a few of those. I think Donald Trump killed Jeffrey Epstein. I think there's definitely a fucking argument. I don't know about, I don't know about Donald Trump, but I reckon uh, he was definitely joking. killed. I was only joking. I was only joking. <laughs> 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 that was weird to stop. No, but I, yeah. What are your? Have you read into that, Louis? To Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah, Jeff. Oh, I tend to avoid pedophiles, so no. Oh, you don't have to fucking like him. No one likes him. It's, it's oh, not no, about supporting I, I a pedo. Yeah, no, it's not about fucking starting to go fund me. <laughs> fucking prison reform for the bloke. <laughs> yeah. Bring him out so he can get fucking buried <laughs> harmoniously. <laughs> Leave him where he is, mate. Don't wake up Jeff. <laughs> so he can fucking end his life like he uh, like he spent it with a childlike spirit. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 they could get to that one. No, I just wanted to see what he said. <laughs> Situation, Louis, what are your thoughts about the UFC on that island with Dana White? I love it. I, I love it. I love Dana White. I love the UFC. I'd love to see it. Well, it's good, bro. There's no other sports coming out doing anything like that. At yeah. least you know, well, the, as as a as a owner, you got the NRL coming out with NRL's a date now and everything. Well, that's what they're aiming for. And what I read up was what now it's pretty is certain, isn't it? Twenty eight. They inked some deals with the broadcasters, Fox Sports and Channel 9. So, so it's still no fans. Still no fans, yeah. Yeah. Well, Wayne Pierce is adamant 28th of May is a definite. Clint Newton, the other bloke on that fucking uh, bro, Project Apollo innovation um, board. He's also on the board of that Project Apollo. And he was saying, like, we didn't come out with the definite date. What the fuck's Project Apollo? I thought that was a movie. No, no. I thought you were just naming the Players (laughs) Association, just (laughs) Planet Apollo. So the actual innovation committee... Yeah, Todd Carney's on Project Bubbler. (laughs) (laughs) He's in charge of uh, the image of the NRL, (laughs) the public image. He's trying to figure out a new way to hydrate yourself during this uh, game of <laughs> lockdown. Well, it's I reckon it's got a lot, of hyd- uh, a lot of uh, salt in it, so it might not. They're, they're calling John Monaghan the next Jeffrey Epstein, but with dogs. Joel Monaghan. <laughs> Joel Monaghan, wow. Oh, fuck, fuck that thing, hell. That finished him as well. Yeah, Wasn't he went tra- over to England. I mean... Uh, I mean, you do something like that, you've got to expect something to come back to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Especially once Piercy got done. Was that yeah. before or after Piercy? Oh, John Wanaham was a few years before Piercy. Uh, yeah, That's like when we were talking about the Mitchell Pierce photo, because they fucking yeah. blacked out the dog's eyes. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but... Um... Yeah, yeah, I did say they blacked the dog's eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're trying to protect his identity or something. He's going to live the rest of his life with shame that he's been raped by a <laughs> Like, he's not going to go on walks anymore. You know how dogs usually get excited when you pull out well, the leash? he goes to the park, he's going to be flocked by the orders. <laughs> <The media. laughs> the fucking media come down. <laughs> the dog media. Paparazzi. Chimian, talk about that traumatic experience. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, that Project Apollo, yeah? So what that is, is that's like the eight-person eight um, in, uh, innovation committee fucking project group that they've named to get... And the reason they named it is because of the name of the moon landing fucking mm. uh, spaceship or something. So that was the Apollo, and they thought it was like an impossible mission. So they're like, Project Apollo, whatever. People draw inspiration. And Wayne Pierce was ahead of it. So he's the one who's come out um, with the whole marketing of 28, 28 definite. And Clint Newton, who's on the board too, also the Rugby League Players Association, um, uh, big dog chairman, I think. He said we hadn't come out with that as a definite date, but it's a date we're working towards. And then he threw a subtle shot. He's like, um, you can't come out of a meeting, you know, um, throwing around stuff that didn't actually happen. So that was that was two days ago when uh, simultaneously when I think Nine threw out, the, threw out the comment about the NRL being premature about the 28th date, uh, the May 28th date. But now, if they've signed a fucking deal, if that's recent, then it's at least, if it's not May 28th, it's June 5th. Well, a day, I think, I'm not sure if it was yesterday or the day before, but Peter Valandis, the the ARL chairman, Mm. came out and they had a meeting with both broadcasters and they've worked that date together. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's probably, that's more recent stuff. 
Beautiful. I think what they're trying to figure out now is um, the length of the competition. So, but I think they're looking at seventeen rounds, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to um, figure out the particulars and then provide details with the regular state, uh, with the relevant state governments. So they'll send, they'll send reports off to Gladys and um, whoever the Premier of Queensland is. I can't remember her name. Anastasia Palaszczuk. Yeah, yeah. She's the one who's going to be the hardest to convince. I think Gladys is more all for it, bro. She's big on the whole sports um, arena. Bro, I think what'll be interesting is what, like, where are these players going to stay? And are they going to stay as a group in isolation for the remainder of the NRL season? They have they have something in place, so they have some sort of plan. Because uh, they won't be able to come into contact with anyone out with that, like, from outside the organisation. Oh, at least for the first few rounds. Easy. Like, until, until yeah. this settles down. And yeah. But the testing would have to be vigorous as well. Like, they would be getting tested after every game, before every game, like, well, like, like what midweek. Like Peter Valandis said, I think, and I think Peter Valandis is doing a great job, because he, he's, also, he's also in charge of um, racing New South Wales. He so changed, he changed the racing team. game. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Valandis' time? Well, as, Peter, sorry. Peter said the last, the last few weeks, mm. the last week or so, I think, I think it was two weeks, I think it was about 14 days, yeah. that the infection rate... Uh, at, a, at a national level, has been one percent or below, which is which is tiny. It's nothing. Yeah. And no, and like you said, no NRL players have tested positive yet. They look, it, it'll be very unlikely they test positive in the current climate. But they, did, they didn't test positive when they first banned the competition, and that was when mm. the rate was up over twenty percent. So, and everyone's attacking the NRL, saying it's premature. I don't think it is. I don't think. No, I don't think it is. I don't too. think it is. You I had Brad Fittler come out saying, "You have seventeen men." playing 17 men on a footy field, there's nothing healthier than it. Like he was saying, if you have, you know, 34 healthy men, playing folk, (laughs) that's literally what he said. And then he's got roasted by the Queensland Premier and whatnot for coming out saying that. But he's got a good point. Like if there's 17 healthy footy players playing with 17 healthy other footy players. And they reckon exercise is also one of the best interactions. what he was trying to say... There's nothing healthier than it because they're exercising. And there's mm. a fucking big exercise as that. Anyone who's been on the footy field can tell you that. Especially... It's just a tough one if, if one player does. But you look at it, like, yeah. if let's just say construction sites were closed down, which some of them are, but they're not officially closed down. Let's say they had a set date they were trying to plan to, you know, get construction sites back up and running. No one's going to sit there and say, Premature. what the fuck? What are you doing? Like, they're going to be like, for sure, let's get these people back at work. At least they've got a date. But because they're footy players, mm. you have the, the jealous minority that are going, what the fuck? Why, why should they be playing footy and me, if uh, I can't go to work in my office yeah. in the city? Yeah. You know, and that's what it comes down no, to. People view, people, these people who are the same people yelling out about it are the same people who view footy as like a, like, get a real job. You know, they're the same people who say that about footy players or rappers or fucking all these people. Even if they're making millions, get a real job. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think in terms of Channel 9, I don't know about you guys, but looking into it, I think I think they're doing it because they want to save... They want the NRL to be canned for as long as possible so they can save a bit of fucking money. Yeah, but at the same time, wouldn't you think they'd want the money coming in? Like, yeah. imagine right now, if they, they are the only sport to come back, you can pitch You're going to have America. eyes all over the world watching. Yeah, the NRL is a really good spot. That's why they fought so hard to try to stay open uh, before they... Yeah, but yeah. once yeah. the AFL 
closed but, down. Listen, the win talks with ESPN because there's no sport on and people want to watch sport. People mm. are sick of watching Ready Steady Cook, Judge <laughs> Judy, fucking house rules. You and know I'm, I'm sick of I'm sick of watching watch hey? entertainment. They want they want proper, uh, you know. And rugby league is a great game, and we can market the game around the world now. Now is the time 9, to do this it. This is my opinion on Channel Nine. Channel Nine has lost its touch. Yeah. I, I, I refuse to watch rugby league on Channel Nine now. Yeah, I always fuck no. Only fuck if it's State of Origin or if it's a grand final. That's Even a, look at it. Look at this, ready? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. If they moved it to Fox Sports, I'm no, not blinking an eye. Yeah. I'm watching it on Fox Sports, both of them, and I think the coverage would be better. Like Bro, that, no ad breaks, like. Hmm. Fuck Channel 9. A, a funnier commentary team, a more knowledgeable commentary team. Like, you can tell the Channel 9 team. Listen, Aaron Moyle You have all the OG, Joey Johns, you have all these, but you can just tell they can't say knows. what they want. They butchered, they butchered the footy show. Oh, that and, the footy show. Bro, the footy show was the greatest thing to the fucking sport. Literally. You know, before social media time, the footy show was... And the last too, like the personality. Well, that was a Thursday night ritual. Like, Without a doubt. Aaron Mullen, Aaron Mullen has the personality of a potato. I'd rather watch a brick sit there. Bro, she's got about the knowledge of a fucking potato. Yeah, the game. Bricks in the chairs and let them sit there, and I'd just rather watch that. Honestly. And look, the way I look at the bar of both these broadcasters is looking at the. Because it's the hardest task right now, or at least it was when it became like a. A uh, thing is getting women involved in it and not butchering it and making it look like it's just a panda to the people who want women. Erin Mullen, you compare her to Yvonne Sanson. Yvonne is literally, I would watch Yvonne fucking talk about league. You can respect where she's coming from. Yeah, yeah, Even, well, yeah well, that's right. Whereas, because you can respect had a, whole, it. had a whole segment dedicated just to women. They had a, I'm not sure what it was called. It might be League Life or something. It was League Life. And, and wasn't it? Was it? And it, was a, it was a whole panel of women. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah was, four or five like, women talking about of, League. Of having the equality and, and bringing women into the game. I think Tarek Sims' um, no, sister. No, 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 yeah, it was, Tarek Sims' sister. Had, yeah. had it was um, Yvonne, Lara Yvonne Pitt. Yvonne Lara Pitt, Hannah Hollis. Hannah Hollis and that Jessica woman, the short-haired... Sergis. Je- oh, no, no, no. Not the Jessica. actual player. Simpson. Simpson or something? Simpson? No. No, no, that's that fucking... She's from <laughs> Daisy Duke, isn't she? Yeah. Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Isn't that these boots are made for a while? And they had... Well, did, you, did you hear the news coming out of the women's rugby league? What is it? Billy Eilish signed. She's going to play hooker for Newcastle. <laughs> Billy Eilish. <laughs> <laughs> Why Newcastle? Uh, she said she likes uh, the beaches up there. So. <laughs> yeah, that's she what follows, she likes. She follows uh, Ponger on uh, TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, she, she wants Does to she? touch his head gear. She um, likes. I'm sure that's all she likes about Newcastle. Not the uh, not the Maddie Johns and um, Andrew Johns lifestyle that they'll live in. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that, that's not the lifestyle for a young girl. Um, yeah. Rolling a skateboard down a hill. Have you watched those interviews of Maddie and Joey Johns after the grand final? Sure have. Oh, oh, yeah. They've gone down. They are OG. They it, are. It was better than Lego. <laughs> That's so good. And just how loose they were on Live They TV. used better than Lego in uh, the ad for Lego Masters. You know oh, that yeah. show on TV at the moment? Lego Masters? <laughs> yeah. They don't use the actual Matty Johns clip, but someone, one of them say, better than Lego. Surely they paid him out well, for that. They'd have to know. Well, you'd expect, if you were yeah. Matty Johns, you'd listen to that and go, hey, pay me my royalties. <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe. laughs> like, you can use it, just... I know I don't remember the conversation, but <laughs> give me my money. Have you watched? Do you watch Lego Masters? 
No, no I can't say no. I have to be honest. Have you? Look, you know what? I'm going to defend that show. Some people call me immature and childish for watching it, but it is fucking great television. It is amazing. Great. Well, mate, oh, is the that only... The things these people can build blows my mind. Is that because of there being no sport? You think at the moment that that's... I, I watched... No, I watched the last season of Lego Masters as well. Oh, wow. There we go. Cool. Good stuff. I just think it's a... Yeah, look, you think I'm a faggot now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, no, Louis. Look, we were fight. about to end the conversation anyway, so... <laughs> Louis. <laughs> look. Yeah, look, I'll see you next week, boys. <laughs> Good to have you on, mate. <laughs> no, look, you have a great taste in television, so you're allowed to make a mistake every now and then. Look, but I... No, so but... In saying that, <laughs> I can't... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't come on this show to be attacked <laughs> in television. <laughs> no, but what about it for your life? You go for Newcastle blocker. Yeah, but you go for the fucking Roosters. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse, I used to watch EB games. He goes for Para, bro. Yeah, that's why I know I'm not attacking Para, bro. <laughs> you should. <laughs> this is the longest you've ever been on top of the fucking ladder. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, but what is it about Lego Masters that's good? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm sick of talking about Lego Masters now. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Did you see Tony Ferguson um, come out with a video, a clip of him still weighing in, although the fight has been cancelled? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I did see that. How motivational is that for him <laughs> to do that? It's just, I, think it's... Someone, I think someone should really assess his mental state. I don't think he's all there. Yeah, <laughs> but see, is that a, is that a problem in UFC? You got people like fuck um, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz. <laughs> you look at him. You listen to him speak. Fucking hell. Is Nate Diaz started this man? Is his brother Nick, Nick Diaz? Like, is he similar wavelengths as Nate, or is he a bit more straight and narrow? No, I think they're both a oh. couple yards short of the trial. Do you think it's the trauma, <laughs> like the repeated trauma to the head? Or is short it... of a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's a repeated trauma to the head, or are they like Nick and Nate Diaz are absolute animals. They are absolute animals. And what's weird about them is they're so fit. Their cardio is through the roof. And yeah. what they do is, and this is true, you go on YouTube and watch them, and they have their own brand of, uh, like, cannabis or marijuana or something yeah. because they get baked. They smoke so much pot to the point where they're <laughs> incapacitated almost and they get on a bike and ride for 25 kilometres. Maybe they just smoke well, look, that, that much it's so not they a can't bad feel pain. They, they, they are triathletes, <laughs> mate. They, they swim, they run, and they ride. And, and, you can, and you can see that in their fights. Yeah. Well, that's the like with... they put on in the fights, it, it's... Because like Nate Diaz is, is renowned for for going the distance, and he might lose the first two rounds where the other guy will fade because he, he can't keep that pace. But Nate Diaz in, in rounds four and five, he'll still be there, looking look, look like he just started the fight. He'll be fresh. Mm. I mean, still he with like, the same fresh, power. Mm. It gets cut up. His face will be bloody and bruised, but he won't he won't stop coming. The guy the guy's a freak. He'll terminate him. Yeah. He just doesn't stop showing up. Bloody hell. Well, I'm not the biggest fan. Like I'm a fan, casual fan, I'd say. I'm not the biggest knowledge knowledge. Like knowledge versed on the UFC, yeah, but look, mate, you have great taste in television, so you like you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I, I deserve that. Fair um, no, but would you say that's what Conor McGregor is the opposite of? Because at least from what I've heard, just being a casual fan and brisking through through like kind of mainstream comments, does Conor need to get you in the first couple of rounds, or he or he's a bit tanked? No, no. Well, um, yeah, yes and no. 
His style is different to Nate Diaz. Uh, Connor's more technical with his boxing and his striking. Um, Nate's a black belt. No. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and a uh, Caesar Gracie. Connor's, Connor's a brown belt. So Connor's no gra- the slouch to the ground, but when you're versing high-level uh, competitors like that, it, there's little room for error. Mm. But Connor, yeah, Connor in a couple of his fights has had some issues with cardio. But you look at... Um, well, the first fight with Nate Diaz, you can sort of put a line through that because he was the featherweight fighter. He went up to fight at lightweight to take... He was he was supposed to fight um, Rafael de Sanjos for the belt. The mm. was pulled out because he broke his foot. And then Nate Diaz stood in and, and, and fought him. But they didn't fight it at lightweight because Nate Diaz was off on a holiday somewhere. And then Connor said, all right, I'll fight you at 170. So that's... that's um, that's welterweight. What, that was so the one that was um, well known, isn't it? That's a big fight. What? That's the one he lost. Yeah, well, that's that's the that's, that's the first fight that Conor McGregor lost in the UFC. Yeah, he only lost twice in the UFC. That was his first one. Okay, that's when he got he got uh, tapped. He tapped out in the second round. Mm. But he destroyed he, he destroyed the Diaz in the first round. Oh, his face was cracked. Yeah, but there's similar similar there's similarities in that fight to the second fight they had. The second fight they had was an absolute war. Went the distance. The first two rounds, McGregor was blasting and destroying him. And he's trying to be more conserve, conserve, uh, conserve with his energy. Um, but it, it, like, it looks like he, he fades a little bit, and and, yeah. and Nate Diaz is still coming forward because Diaz doesn't stop. He's just an absolute animal. He's a stud. Mm. But McGregor got the decision because McGregor had a, like a second win. Oh, yeah. So you can say cardio is, is an issue. With yeah. uh, At yeah. least when you compare him to Nate Diaz, huh? Oh yeah. Well, most people would have cardio issues compared to that freak. <laughs> you know what it is, though. You know, Wiz Khalifa recently, when he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, he was saying he's massive into his. Um, I think he was doing MMA and whatnot, and a yeah, bit of everything. He was, yeah, he was training. Yeah. That could be the that could be the key is get your lungs so full of marijuana smoke and then push against that. Use that as like know, almost. I don't know if there's science behind that, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're early you in the marrow. You want to go do that? Feel free to do that. <laughs> yeah, don't don't take this for data yet, man. Uh, well, what, go- what I've been doing during this quarantine shit, I yeah. don't know if it's counterproductive or it's working. Can't, I can't train at the gym, yep. so I train at home with my little homemade equipment, yeah. and I'm, I'm I'm sinking beers as I'm training. <laughs> well, look. <laughs> look, Louis, I remember watching a two and a half minute episode where Charlie Sheen was in his room. He had one of the little bench presses. It was bench pressing, and he had a, a standard water bottle, so you couldn't see what was in it. And he's sipping away while Alan um, is talking to him, and whatever. And then Alan goes to have a sip. He's like, "I'm thirsty. Can I have some of your water?" And Charlie doesn't say anything. Goes to have a sip. He's like, spits it out. He's like, "What the hell is this?" And Charlie's like, "It's bourbon." <laughs> so he might be onto something. If two and a half men did yeah, it, Charlie Sheen did look, it. I might be onto something, or I might not be, because uh, if you look at Charlie Sheen's body. Uh, there might be a reason. That might be the reason. <laughs> Maybe if, if we look at the long-term fucking sample size, is probably not the the path you want to go down. But yeah, and what, it, what, two and a half men was a great show. I love and it. Charlie Charlie Harper in that show is supposed to be loaded. He needs to hire a, a fashion designer or something because his dress dress sense was fucking terrible. In that show, <laughs> yeah, that was reminiscent of the times it was recorded though. What, I just don't think he gave a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he was meant to be like that playboy kind of single fucking uncle. Long shorts because he got a big dick. <laughs> Loose shirt because he just fucking doesn't care. Lives on the beach. How ugly did um, the Jake turn out to get? Yeah, he was cute as a kid, man. He had potential. I loved him as a kid and he was so so good and whenever he spoke it was the best. 
And then he just turned to this weird, creepy looking bloke. Like, <laughs> yeah, like he just like eight foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> he got hunchback. Yeah. Yeah. He, he got really would have seen Charlie doing fucking lines the whole like, recording <laughs> off, off, of, thing, off hey. air, the recording of the show. Because yeah, he, he was getting a million dollars that no episode, hope. Charlie Sheen. God. That's fine. Yeah, that, that, that explains why he probably went off a fucking tangent. He thinks he's. And, and the drugs don't help, of course. And um, Charlie. That was an uh, <laughs> entertainment on TV when it was at its best. Wouldn't really say at its best. No, it's never it really was, been it at really its best. Bro, but if you was, think no, about was, it, I'd say that then. was the peak for sure. Because I remember looking into the numbers. They were having, like, when they were premiering the fucking Two and a Half Men, for instance, and that was once the biggest show on television, mid-2000s, mm. they were getting, like, for premiere one, like, over a million viewers. So all these... All these fucking actors, Charlie, Jake, Alan, John Cryer, Ashton real Kutcher life. ruined it, but yeah, I couldn't watch. Yeah. A, I couldn't watch a single Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. I think yeah. no one could stand up to Charlie's level. Bro, I just couldn't I mean, watch you it. Know like, what, he made look, me I don't think you can't blame Ashton Kutcher. No, you sure. can't. No, no. Nah, but yeah, like yeah. I just couldn't watch it after that. Yeah. It was like it's but just this became, isn't two and a half minutes. So yeah. We became so used to Charlie Sheen on it and. That's when we watched it for, really. Yeah. Charlie Sheen, he made the show. Well, him and... Um, when you take him... out a big cornerstone like that, it's, it's very hard mm. to replace it. Yeah. And he had, a, he had very big shoes to fill. I, yeah. I feel sorry for him. But was he, he shouldn't be complaining. He's married to Mila Kunis, so I don't think he's complaining. Yeah. Oh. He, um... He, it wasn't the inclusion of Ashton Kutcher. It was the exclusion of Charlie Sheen, I think. Mm. But yeah. him and John Cryer, the, the character, uh, the bloke who does Alan Harper... He is the best... Like, he is a Scotty Pippen of acting because of how he was in Two and a Half Men. Like, he's the best second fiddle bloke... Yeah, like a... You could ask for. Role. He was like the best... Like, what's he doing role. now? I think he's bald. Are they still making Two and, two and a Half Men? No, no, that canned, I think. It, it didn't. It, not that long ago, it canned. I think I was gonna 20, say, 16, Because, like, Ashton got a few seasons while he was on there. And I then, like, it ran like, up until maybe three years ago, surely, at mm. least. I think they got like four more years out of it. So they were oh. still going. And Charlie yeah, had some... Know, I don't know who the fuck was watching it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as much. But TV windled out a bit as that started to dwindle out. So, yeah. What are you watching at the moment, Louis? Oh, did I have something no. to say? Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I just didn't want to put a button on that conversation. He just wanted to fucking put a pause on that conversation because he forgot no, he finished I didn't the want to put a button one. on the two and a half men conversation in case I had a, something to say before we. So it's just not fucking jumbo mumbo. But Hang on. What, yeah, look, what, what are you. There. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Hustle Podcast. How are we, we today? Sean. <laughs> Let's start again. <laughs> now, um, what are you watching at the moment? I watch all sorts of shit. But I, I'm watching. Uh, I love I love my Peaky Blinders. Mm. I love my Peaky Blinders. You see, they put a uh, pause on the recording on the production <laughs> for the next season. Yeah, fucking Bronx. Um, yeah, that's tough. I can't I can't wait because they, they left such a big. I don't know. Have you watched it? Yeah, Gambo has. He's, he's up to date. I'm yeah. up to like oh, yeah, mid season yeah. four. They left this on such a big cliffhanger in that last huge episode, cliffhanger. So I, I, I want to. I, I knew from the get go when I started watching it that you would have ever watched it or. If you hadn't, you were going to love it. Yeah. Like, it's it's um, a show made for yourself. Uh, well, yeah, I, I am a picky boy myself. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that uh, hat says it all. Um, yeah, so I'm waiting for that to come back. Louis? I'm watching lots of shit at the moment. Yeah. Nothing in particular, really. I'm pretty busy. I, uh, lately, I haven't had much time to be watching mm. <laughs> television, so... 
Work-wise, have you been working more? Yeah, yeah, we're working more. Um, people are always going to drink. so And because the pubs are closed, mm. the people are buying uh, beers from the bottlers and that yeah. more often. So. Yeah, well, the drive through at uh, Grandstands Inn is still up and running, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah I'm, I'm devastated with the GI because they, when they closed, they said they're going to do takeaway foods and that. Mm. And the next week, I called them and said, mate, can I go to Palmy? He goes, we're not doing that anymore. Said, oh. You fucking low-life prick. <laughs> it must have been a slow week. It must have been a slow week in the uh, in the kitchen for him. You know what it is, though? Between a man and his palmy. That's that's like the number one rule in this country. You don't become between a man and his palmy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. You know what it is? I think after a week, you're not that... like. After a week, the general person isn't that ready for a pub feed. But over the long haul, like everyone now, I will do anything for a fucking pub cooked steak and Diane with mash and fucking all like chips and oh, just juicy as fuck. Can't like, wait. Like How do you have your steak, block? Uh, medium well. I like a bit of blood. Medium well. Medium, well, medium like rare. That. What about yourself? Yeah, medium rare, mate. When, when, you ever, when you want to join the men's club, you let me know. <laughs> I would happily it's have medium a medium well rare, shit. I reckon. I'd have an argument with you, but you'd be chilling for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a funny bloke. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Hey? You're a funny well, fucking bloke. I just want to put a button hold on that conversation. I'm going to put a button on that conversation because <laughs> I'm going to come over to where you fucking stay and finish you off. Where's this show going? <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> I, I, I just wanted to reopen the UFC conversation. You, me. You're now, you're now threatening your guests. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good look. I don't know how far you're going to get with that one. <laughs> uh, don't take legal Do you feel comfortable? Well, I'm in my... No, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm are you in? I'm <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first one. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Yeah, what are you wearing, Louis? We're just trying to paint the picture, mate. What are you wearing? He's asking what you're wearing at fucking seven a.m. in the morning. All right. Well, I'll I'll take one piece of clothing off if you take one off. Oh, I've already got nothing on. You want to play some tour? How do you go? Wearing my robe and undies and slippers. (laughs) True piggy blinders style. Is that is that the the appropriate attire for this? Podcast? Of no, course. mate. We told you to dress up in uh, a suit. <laughs> suit tie. Come in like it's the biggest... I was going to wear an EB Games shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was appropriate. i got a spare one for you, mate. Yeah, I'll burn that. Uh, <laughs> I am running out of toilet paper. Uh, Jess, thanks for that, <laughs> I actually think EB Games are going under now. They would be. They're overpriced. Everyone buys like the games online. Xbox have that um, Xbox Game Pass where you, it's like a Spotify or like Netflix subscription. You pay 12 bucks or whatever it is and you get a whole library. Well, PS4 have that now too. And apparently 2K is free on it. Really? Yeah. Like PS4 oh, have something so similar. That's smart, eh? That is smart. So because before the you know it, EB games and stores mm. like that, physical copies are going to be gone. Yeah, ones that are built gone. on the games. It's like the music industry, same with CDs. Yeah. yeah. Fucking gone. Wow. Yeah, because I just bought... I literally... Because my PS4 is acting up, you got to think, we've had these fucking things for seven, eight years. My PS4 starts ejecting the disc. So I bought 2K, the digital edition. And now I'm thinking, why have I not done this every time? It takes the exact same amount of time to get it downloaded and ready to go. Cheaper. 
and the same cheaper when it's on special. Like I just got the Legend Edition of 2K, usually 130 for 55 bucks. Flipped my fucking physical edition for 50 bucks at this time of year. That's not too bad because people mm. can pick it up for around that price, brand new. And like I just think there's no need for physical discs. Well, there's going to always be them. Like there's always physical albums, physical stuff. But I don't think there's going to be the market for them the same way that it was five, ten. Definitely 20 years ago. Yeah. Bloody oath, mate. Bloody but, oath. Louis. Yeah, mate. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what'd you get up to on Anzac there? Obviously can't do much, but how'd you spend it? Um, well, just, well, in the morning, we, the, me, the family and I went out to the, the driveway. Mm-hmm. My, sister, my sister took a candle down. We paid our respects. Uh, good. Uh, for that for a dawn service mm-hmm. it was good I, that was lovely and then it was it was look it was a sad Anzac day yeah of course but otherwise it, straight after that I'd be at the pub sinking schooners waiting for the two up arena to open and I'd be I'd be standing there all day in the sun and I'd either leave you've got your own bloody spot cemented at the GI <laughs> Louis a coin tosser <laughs> I, I do I do so that, that, yeah I do uh, toss the coins. <laughs> hey, um, that's actually a good. Yeah, we, so hey? we just played some beer pong at home and had some. Had a, I sunk heaps of beers. Yeah, I saw that. Who was it? Just you and uh, Riley yesterday? Yeah, the fam and, and Riley's missus came over. Yeah, good tour. What, so what, sorry, mate. What was in the cups? What were you playing with? What was the beer pong? Uh... Uh, Dad, Dad had Heineken. Now I'm not a fan of Heineken, but uh, you're gonna make do. Whatever yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Heineken, and then I pulled out um, some scotch. That's yeah. a proper 12. What's your go-to B, Louis? It depends where I am, but... Uh, in a skewy. Uh, in a skewy, it would be VB. You're a hard, hard-knocked man, huh? I love my VB. I like, I like Carlton Dry, though. Yeah, it dries. Or, nice. if Guinness is provided, I'll have, I'll have a Guinness. I love Guinness. Yeah. That's interesting. Very mature. Bit right. of black beer, mate. Yeah, you have it warm or cold? Back, you never go back. That's the old saying. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have it warm or cold, Louis? Uh, cold. I don't know who the fuck has it warm. <laughs> <laughs> Over in Britain, bro, they down they down Guinness warm like it's fucking breakfast I porridge. You, I went. I went to. I've been to Europe and I've been to the UK. I haven't been to Ireland. I need to go to Ireland, but I went to England. Yeah. And when I was in London, I was expecting me. I was expecting people to drink warm beer. And no one drank warm beer there, thank fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Off the tab, it's, they they go, it's, it's cold from, beer. I said, I'm from Australia. Oh, they, they can pretty much pick, pick them from Australia. Yeah, no, not go, hard to tell. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't the you voice, was it? Do you want to drink a little bit of Foster's? I go, no, no thanks. <laughs> I don't know anyone in Australia who drinks Foster's. Yeah, right? that's what they say we drink. Foster's, oh, what is no? Foster's? We had uh, the Foster's over in the UK. Like a craft or like a... No, a it's fucking sit beer, Jesse. Don't even talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's making me want to gag. Just, <laughs> Disgusting. Why do we have the reputation of drinking Fosters? That's I don't know. That's just what the world the world thinks we drink Fosters. Who the fuck I made that Fosters up? Is <laughs> they said, they go, look, even even in America and that I've seen videos on YouTube where Americans are trying Australian beer and they go, "Where's the Fosters? Why?" Well, me, if someone, someone listening can no, give us a backstory. Two Irish-American brothers, Fosters, who arrived in Melbourne from New York. So they started brewing in Melbourne. 
Oh, yeah, okay. well, there you go. Melbourne's a shit. That's up, why, man. but they're fucking Irish American. We've got nothing to do with them, mate. <laughs> yeah, they just <laughs> came so here fucking to the American it. listeners. Take that off our name. Get they, that out. They've gone back home and gone, oh, this is Aussie. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> guys, why are you tracing Foster's? <laughs> Foster's is not as popular and relatively rare in Australia. Thank you very fucking much. All you got to do is a Google one. search. Get these fucking UK people on Google, bro. Bro, it's a marketing yeah, ploy by Foster's. It is. They've come well, out and said, was, so that's when it. The guy goes, hey, lad, you want to drink a Foster's? I looked at him in the eye and I said, I'm sorry, do you want to repeat that? <laughs> do you want to fucking smack, mate? He goes, do you want to fucking drink a Foster's, lad? <laughs> I grabbed my glass of Guinness and I glassed him. I said, <laughs> I don't blame you. that you fuck you with. You piece of shit. It's worth, it's worth a, a night in the, um, behind bars, isn't it? I pissed on him. Well, it's <laughs> not vegetarian or vegan. Vegetarian vegan? What the hell? <laughs> What's vegetarian? What is not vegetarian about a beer already? Do they kill animals in the process? They reckon yeah. It's, yeah, it's not vegetarian or vegan, so it must be. What goes into it? Well, what's a? Can you just do a quick search, um, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> can you do a quick search? Hey, pull, hey, pull it up, Jamie, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you ever tried DMT? The Joe Rogan experience. Bro, he is a goat. Yeah, he's a goat. He, I'd like to have a fossils with him. Honestly, I would probably. And you know me, I'm not the biggest beer bloke, but I would have a beer with him. Yeah. Well, what are you drinking these days? Still like your jimmies? Nah, nah. I'll have one if it's... Blockers on, blockers on the coffees. Decafs. Oh. If I do have alcohol though, <laughs> you know what? It's either a Canadian club. Yep. Or if I'm trying to get Liddy Liddy, it's vodka and coke. Yeah, um... Well, vodka I'll and Diet Coke. Like yeah, I was going to say, I'm always... Yeah, if, if I'm on a diet, it's vodka and Diet Coke. I remember you used to drink that, and I used to look at you and think, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I've always been Who an odd cast. Vodka and Diet Coke? Honestly, I used to get the weirdest looks. I'd go up and I'd be like, hey, mate, you know, I have a... Uh... I think at the pubs it was bourbon and Coke. But, like, at home, if, we were, if like, at the man cave or anything, we were having a couple drinks. If it... Once Jimmy's faded out... And we'll have vodka. It was vodka, coke, vodka, diet coke. You got your, your, your bottle of vodka in. You had your two litre diet coke or four litre diet coke. Oh, fuck. I had that sitting right there. Yeah. Well, no, I, I can't drink... When I drink spirits, I, I like bourbon, but I'm more of a Scotch or an Irish whiskey man. Yeah. I can't drink uh, mixed anymore. I can't mix it with coke or anything. I have to drink it on the rocks or straight. I well, can't. mate, that's very mature of you. I was going to say. They reckon you get that actual... I'm still yet to try proper 12. Mm. Well, come around and oh, there's not much left. I finished most of it yesterday, but <laughs> we'll have to get, get one. No, nah, we'll have to get one. And, uh, one yeah, for sure. Yeah, we might have to um, do like a little YouTube video. If you weren't uh, as in love with Conor McGregor as you are, do you reckon you'd still enjoy Proper Twelve? It's. I tell you what, it's a beautiful tasting drink. I love the taste of it. And you it's have it on the rocks. Don't mix it with anything. Yeah, I have it on the rocks. I put in my ice cubes. I've got my. I have my own glasses. De- uh, designated for scotch of uh, these crystal glasses I pull them out I chuck my ice cubes in and I pour the, pour the scotch in and I just drink it and sip on it there's something about it I love it, mm. it it's a beautiful I love, and that or shivers shivers is my go to as well you've been a big shivers man since uh, since the early days huh yeah I don't mind shivers mate I used to drink it with coke but now yeah. if I drink it with coke it makes me sick I think, I think the sugar I think there's too much sugar you know what it is well, I feel I, like yeah. I, can, I can't drink like, I'm not at that point where I can drink on the rocks, but at the same time, whenever I have, like, a bourbon and Coke, I do get that weird kind of feeling. I reckon yeah. it, it's definitely, I think, the Coke. 
and I can't even drink. I can sort of stand if I'm pouring it myself, and if I have to drink it with Coke, I can sort of stand it. I can do like a dash of Coke, yeah. minimal Coke, but I cannot even taste any premixed drinks, like the cans or bottles. Yeah, I can't do it because for starters, it's even real Coke. It's fucking cola or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially Jimmy's. I can't believe how big we were on Jimmy's. Like it shows how much your uh, taste in alcohol matures as you well, as you I grow remember, up. I, I started my drinking career quite young. Um, yeah. I think I started. We started with Southern Comfort. Remember that, Gamma? I do. Southern I Comfort. do remember that, Mister Brandon. I don't remember Ross. much of it. No. Hey, Louis. How about the uh, the good deal that was going on for about a year and a half? It's the longest ever special they've had on. The Woodstocks, three for eighteen. The long necks. Yeah, they were good. They had but some I... good good nights on the Woodies. Yeah, they were good. I woke up at a fucking park in the middle of Pemaway. And you came running to my house. <laughs> Fuck that. Or we okay, came yeah, running from your house. Remember that one? You know what the funny thing is? I think, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you got away with us being drunk. So you weren't, you didn't give it away. But then me sprinting to your house, <laughs> off my nutter, being like, where's Brayden? <laughs> where's Brayden? Joe <laughs> um. <laughs> <Joel> fucking Monaghan. <laughs> oh, uh. Gabe might have sent me a picture of Job Monaghan uh, having his way with the dog. <laughs> Again, they've uh, they've blocked <laughs> out the, uh... the dog out. <laughs> but yeah, Louis, do you remember that night? Yeah, I do remember that night. Um, Interesting times. Look, I, we could sit here, we could have a whole podcast just designated to my drinking stories. Oh, well, look, we actually wanted to ask you one thing, which was pretty much not so uh, much about your own story, but about one with, say, one of us or all of us in the night at the Man Cave. But what's the funniest story you have off the top of your head? That that's you, suitable that, for on air. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that suitable can, for the community. That we can share. We got mothers listening in. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably yeah. our, our biggest audience, are the uh, 40 to 60 year old women. But what's your funniest story shared, like us shared together? What's your favourite memory and your funniest? I liked. I, I, look, I can't. I don't know. You, you sort of sprung this on me. I can't. I've got that many. Off the top plus, of your head. I've got dementia these days from that much I've drunk. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's hard to remember. One, one that comes to me was when when Block had decided to throw that that party for no for no reason. Some massive party at at your place. That started as a twenty five person Facebook group. It that started. It started as a little hangout thing. And then it, it did. It was just the boys there on a Friday, are they? <laughs> and there, there was hundreds of people there, and and there was a fire. And I think Gambo and Blocker were having an argument or something. And Blocker goes, oh, fuck this. Fuck a lot of this. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm fucking getting out of here. He goes, I'm packing a bag and I'm never coming back. So he grabs his tiny little backpack from like a Barbie doll or something. <laughs> Bro, I took my sister's bag he took and some of her clothes for me. <laughs> Chloe's undies and everything were in there. Once we the did. middle of the party is, the party's still going. The party's at its peak. There were about a hundred plus people in this fucking tiny backyard. I don't know why. And Blocker decides he wants to fucking leave. You, <laughs> you know what the reason was? And thinking back, I think it's because Mum wanted the party shut down, and that's a fair call. It's a bloody fair call. It's <laughs> a very fair call. You, you didn't want to deal with the process. Just a slight reaction by Blocker. Just a slight one. But I remember, so he's walking out with his bag, and he's losing his shit. He's like, peace, cunts, or something. <laughs> Then he takes, and then someone, I think Gambo's stopping him. Yeah, I'm walking oh, this in. This is the funniest down. way that he got me back in. I'm walking in from out the front. Wait, wait, wait. But he throws his bag down, and out comes all the... Uh, <laughs> he takes his shirt off and throws it in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this shirt. Around, like, what are you doing? What is the point of that? 
<laughs> I don't need those shirts. I'll go to come walk- in the morning. I'm walking back inside and Blocker's walking out with an entourage. Like Blocker's got a bag and a fucking there's about four or five uh, of it, of the boys with him walking behind him and I'm like, Where the fuck are you going? He's like, I'm fucking leaving, mum kicked me out. I'm like, what the she fuck did you mean? Like, That's a funny thing. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean mum kicked you out of your party because you need to be here? He's like, oh, I'm going. I'm like, here, I had a Jimmy in my pocket, so I've given him a Jimmy, place. and he's like, fuck you. Yeah. Took the Jimmy, opened it, threw his bag over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> and then back in the party we was. Oh, God. Bro, that is, that is probably the. The most de- uh, self-destructive habit I had when we were growing up that was throwing stuff over the fence. Cause <laughs> you what's with you blokes and going over the fucking fence? <laughs> we, we can't, we can't, we can't talk about Gambo over the fence. <laughs> There's two two stories that are suitable that I'll give. They're quick ones, quick just fence ones. So one was so obviously we grew up at pretty much the man cave. So it was a no holds bar. Everything went. So I went to a party. And I check Facebook, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I was a bit inebriated at this point. I check Facebook, and you know how they have those fake news? Oh, Donald Trump's like, fake news. Like just fake news stuff. Yeah, pretty much before it was coined fake news. Like and they have those Facebook posts, like someone might. No, no, like actual oh. fake fucking um, things, fake headlines. Like, yeah. yeah. They put a yeah. fake headline that one of my favourite basketball players is dead. I'm at a fucking party. I was like, fuck! <laughs> oh, I fucking finished! <laughs> <laughs> Threw the chair over the fence. I don't even belong at this house. <laughs> fucking gone! <laughs> they had to calm me down. No! He's fucking gone! <laughs> the chair's over the fence. <laughs> the chair's over the fence. I told him, calm down. <laughs> and then the other one was uh, my first and only shot of tequila. Without, like, I've had tequila since, like, in coffee mix. Like, at, at Melbourne, I have, like, a what? coffee and tequila, <laughs> which is nice. I think it's I Patron or something. I thought you meant in your, like, morning. No, not <laughs> and I had That's a... how he gets boys in the morning, so he had tequila to his... <laughs> yeah. uh, Extra shot of tequila. It, uh, it bounces off the edge. So, um, yeah, and I had my first shot of tequila, and I jumped, like, I popped my head over the fence, threw up, and kept going. That's what yeah, you got to do on tequila. Blocker had this weird habit when we were younger, when we were drinking, and it happened at that house when when Blocker slept at a park and then ran to my place. <laughs> Does he? He used to always want to exercise. For some, oh, bro! For some Especially early on. But we'd be sitting there getting smashed, and he'd be like, "I need to move." And he'd get up and run up, and, and he'd do suicides, and then he started doing push-ups. <laughs> you know. Because like, like, that's when I was fit and I was like, fuck. In my head, I'm like, look, I can't lose this body, but I want to have a good time. So, let me just do a quick segue. And obviously, I'll have a drink, but let me just do my fucking suicides and my... Um, that's exactly what you were talking about before, bro. Yeah. Having, uh, working out at your home gym and uh, having a beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah mine was just a bit it. more inebriated. That's right. I remember we're sitting there and one of our mates is like, Mate, does he always do this? Oh, yeah, look, I'm sad to say, yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> at, uh, I remember one at Pemway when we were at that path, and I was doing, I think I did a fucking half hour workout from memory. The time that gets me is that night at Winnie Leagues, when we've left me and you, Gambo, and Blocker stayed with, I think, Braden Lewis and Chin, <laughs> and you have hung there, Bray, 
And then blockers, blocker, oh, you, you've got up for work in the morning, game but like six o'clock. <laughs> Where the fuck's Ready? Block? No, this is what happened. Yeah. I woke up at Lewis's. I looked at the time. No one had to get there at six o'clock. Uh, get to work at six o'clock on my phone at six o five. So I'm like, fuck, we're late. So and I'm at Braden's. <laughs> I had no. Sho- I pick up my shoes. I literally don't put them on. <laughs> I run out your front door. I sprint from. This is from. Your joint to to Roberta Street. So Roberta Street, I'm running, running. I get to I get to Roberta Street in the in a matter of two minutes. I'm not the fittest bloke at this time. I don't know how I ran without my fucking heart giving way. I'm in the middle of the road as well with no shoes on. It was so, winter time, origin winter, winter time. time as well. So it was fucking cold. It was cold, and I get home. I go into Sean's room. He's not there. <laughs> I'm like fucking Oh no Where's Gambo ended up So I go on my I'm like I'll quickly get changed Get ready And find him And I'll find him He slept in my fucking bed Why? <laughs> woken up Buggers Hurried into the room So the lights Gone like From one second No one in the room To the next Him looking around the room Not knowing I'm and there I was Lights on Looking everywhere I'm shitting myself Thinking we're getting rushed Like I woke up too, looked at my phone. Holy fuck, it's like 6.15 by this time. Pock is fucking still ramming around in the room. (laughs) Jesse was talking about Wee Leagues before. I have got a fucking vendetta against Wee Leagues. You're not the only one. Fucked. I hate Wee Leagues. (laughs) You're not the only (laughs) one. Why? I reckon reckon I've got a kick-out rate. Of about ninety percent. <laughs> I swear to God, I've no, I've been kicked out that many times. And, and sometimes, sometimes, you know what? I can understand them. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm telling you, there's no way I once walked straight in. I've given the guy my card. He goes, "Yeah, sweet as mate." I walk. This is before all the Renos. So I walk up the stairs, walk past the buffet, and I'm heading towards uh, the bar. Yeah. Security guy comes up to me. Hey, mate. I'm just gonna let you know you've got about half an hour. You're ready. I said, what? He goes, it's about half an hour and then you have to go. He just fucking walked in. He goes, yeah, but how many you had before this? I said, mate, it's 6 p.m. 6 what do you think I am? I said, I'm about to have my first one. He goes, yeah, look, half an hour, I'm going to come find you, you're gone. There you go, get fucked. They, once, they fuck. once had to carry me out because I, of, of when he leaves, because I refused to leave. Because I was with a mate and... Um, he, he we got kicked out and he goes I'm going to go to the toilet and then we'll go I said okay so he went to the toilet and then he didn't come back he, he, he's been gone for like 20 minutes and I'm standing here and the security guards are like you have to go and I said I'm, I'm smashed I'm out of my mind and I'm a, I'm a wanker when I'm drunk I'm the security guard I'm like mate do you think I'm an idiot I said I, said, I know what you're doing I said I'm not going anywhere he goes what do you mean I said, I'm not going until my mate comes
sure you're playing like this? I said, you bet, sweetheart. <laughs> sweetheart. So he gets, he gets on his on, he gets on his walkie-talkie and he calls about fucking another six security guards come down and they surround me. And I look at them all and they're, they're dressed in their gay fucking suits with their Wendy badges on. I'm like, ah, he's really are like magpies. <laughs> That's a good one. And they go, are you going to go? I said, I'm not leaving. Still not going, mate. Until the mate comes in. They go, he's outside. I said, no, he's not. They go, yes, he is. <laughs> so they start, they start to forcibly remove me. They start grabbing me. And I hold on to the top of the rail. They've got my legs up in the air. And I'm holding to the rail saying, I'm not fucking going. <laughs> I finally went outside and my mate was outside the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, that's an anticlimax. <laughs> you thought you fucking you you would have felt like a fucking high class lawyer. Well, I am a high class lawyer, especially when I drink. <laughs> oh, mate, I can I can definitely stand for that one. You know what I think it is. You get some valid points. Oh, very valid. You know what I think it is. We were raised on the like we were raised in the say the man cave, but also just the grey stains kind of drinking arena. The rowdiness that happens when you're not at a fucking licensed establishment, you can't, like, we were not prepared for that. Because we come out of the rowdiest fucking three, two, three years of, of Greystain's kind of fucking life. <laughs> like, just a drinking and whatnot, especially the man cave. That Once a man cave got popping, like, to transition to fucking establishments... The Man Cave was its own establishment. It had its own Instagram, <laughs> Facebook page. Yeah, it had its own stamp well, on the I, I had a kick out rate of 0%. Yeah. <laughs> you literally I had to never, kick... I was never kicked out of there. Everyone had to kick themselves out. Like You had to leave when you wanted to leave. No, <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd pass out the couch and wake up three days later. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be out hanging there watching TV or whatnot and you'd be there knocked out. I'd poke <laughs> you with a stick. To make sure... <laughs> Just have to make sure you're right. Back in my childhood, in some of those, some of those nights. What is it, Boo? Winnie the Pooh. I remember sitting there thinking of dreaming of Winnie the Pooh. That's how fucking out of my mind I was. What are your thoughts on our um the dog we used to have, Boo? Who? Remember the big black dog we had that never showed its face, but every now and then was a. Yeah, look, look, never saw it. I heard about the legend. It was like. That, that, that dog was like trying to find Bigfoot. <laughs> Bro, there apparently, was like, I apparently, it, apparently it existed, but no one was ever around to see it. There was two parties, I remember, that there was a fair few people there, and Boo, Boo normally just does a dash from behind the pool to behind the garage. And one at this party, there was a few people there, and Boo's done the dash. All I hear is fucking screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I hear screaming from one side to the other side of the backyard. So, ah! <laughs> so oh, what's going on? They're like, there's this fucking bed. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know who's listening, we used to have a dog at our fucking Greystains where me and Gambo used to live. And it was a big, burly fucking dog. Like, But it was very shy, so it wouldn't show itself unless there was literally just us home. And typically, the woman of the house had to be out there. So, like, the, That's what our was, sisters, yeah. grandmother, whatever, mum... They had, had a rough life. It got abused <laughs> growing up by men. Fucking like that's the money you I'm just laughing at. I'm la- no, I'm laughing at the fact that we're just giving this fucking whole backstory on Boo. <laughs> but we need to so people understand. We're how we're Boo Boo gonna, Look, mental health is real. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> what is it? When are you gonna 
have Boo on the show. We'll get her on and we'll have a chat with her. See yeah. what she has to say. <laughs> oh, oh, Raiden, do you want the truth, Boo? bro? The late Boo. Boo. Boo has a date of birth and an end of birth. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> He's not dashing anymore, unfortunately. When, when, when did she? it depart this world? Oh, what, maybe uh, a year, two years ago no, now? when we left Greysands. So two years? End 2016? Yeah, it might be, yeah. In 2017. In 2017. My condolences, fellas. 2017, sorry. 2017. Yeah, 2017. I didn't build much of a connection. I'll, I'll probably have more funny what else no. is going on? Louis, what are your thoughts on Rayleigh and Castle? Yeah, look. Just that whole fiasco, uh, her kind of stepping down. And Todd Greenberg, might, if you want to touch on that. You might want to get the censorship but... out, because I'm, I'm about to start losing. <laughs> yeah, well, she's look, a, it's she's a free, a it's a free platform. As long as you've uh, got an opinion, you can share it. I don't. I'm not a fan of Rayleigh and Castle. For starters, she needs to go see a fucking stylist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 100%. She's... Who's advising her to go looking out like that? Yeah, Who's uh, a new hairdresser? Like, she could yeah, do so much. Got just... this, she's got this Dora the Explorer haircut going. And if she was a bloke, I'd be saying the same thing. So don't come up with, come at us with woman of woman of uh, power. You're giving it to her. She reminds me of Lizzo. Yeah. Just unnecessary. Un-fucking un- necessary. <laughs> <laughs> she's there for clout. Lizzo's doing everything for clout. But yeah, your thoughts, Louis? Like, your actual thoughts on the whole situation? On Mrs. Castle? I think... <laughs> I think... Good riddance. I, I think... Well, Australian rugby... It's lost its television rights with Fox Sports. It's got no money. And it's got to pay out for our millions. And she, she's just fucked the whole boat. Mm. She's, just, she's just taken this ship into rough waters, heading straight for a fucking rock. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, she's well, fucked, didn't she... Didn't she? Doing. Sorry, Louie. Didn't she uh, mess up the Bulldog... The Canterbury Bulldogs financial yeah, situation the before? Yeah, at, at the Bulldogs too, yeah. Because they're still reeling from that Hasler deal. Yeah. Yeah, that was all her. Yeah. Um, Which I think she was the actual, the big dog. I think Todd Greenberg was... She was the one after Todd Greenberg. Oh, okay, yeah. So I think Todd made the Des Hasler big signing, but I think Raylene didn't do much to... Todd Greenberg did very well with the Bulldogs. He struggled at the NRL because I think the NRL, it's a tougher tougher gig than running a club. But he did did very well with the Bulldogs. He he was doing Mm. well there. I love Tita Villandis. I think Pete... Sorry, buddy. What are you saying? I just I, I don't see who will employ her now. I don't know where she's going to get a job now. Mm. It won't be running a sports. Uh, yeah, it's a very tough one because with that whole Israel Falau saga, you know, it could have been handled a whole lot better. Mm. A whole lot better. Yeah. I think she was just trying to pander to the actual people who are the same people who got Kevin like not obviously the same people, but the same kind of breed that got Kevin Hart out of well, the Oscars. The problem with rugby union itself is their grassroots. They like, they market to the private, you know, schoolboy. Oh, everyone come. Everyone. That's that's, a, that's who what rugby union the has that look at, and that's where their grassroots people are playing rugby league. It's like a rich sport. Like at no one plays it. rugby league, a uh, rugby union at schools. We all played rugby league, you know. At St. Paul's, we had the seven aside. Hmm. I remember that. I, <laughs> I don't even know if we did. We have a fifteen aside. If we did, it wasn't. Yeah, 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 it was. It was. Well, we 15, did. Like, we, well, it wasn't that thrown down your throat, whereas rugby league is what... Rugby league was term two, you know, every year. Term two, you're either playing MCA. league or soccer. If you have the yeah. choice, a lot of the boys are going to do league. Yeah. 
Rugby union. So I think that's what's wrong with union in the first place. On an international scale, rugby union is thriving. It's doing very well. Overseas, in Europe... Oh, like no, New Zealand. It's it's fucking... New Zealand. It's doing very well. It's, it's only... But if you look at the quality in Australia, like you have a rugby league player that can easily transition into rugby union. Hmm. And oh, it's only yeah. happened recently. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say easily transition because there are different games. Like Sam Bird just tried his hand. It wasn't very well. Didn't yeah. do very well. Not for all players, players but... Well. You know, they like, you look at Palau. Palau's done well. Um, Palau, Kamakul Hunt. Kamakul Hunt did well, yeah. <laughs> now, Lottie Takiri. Lottie Takiri. Wendell Saylor. There's a few, um, but yeah, the, it's the all different game, of course. They're, they're, only, they're only in Australia. It's, it's only with Australian rugby, and that's and why also, I reckon the grassroots is a big problem. They pick their players from these uni fucking comps. That's where it's mm, big, like your really? Sydney unis, your UNSWs, etc. Well, I can tell you the closest team to here that I could well, sign up for. They're taking a step in the yeah, right direction. Right. I know because there's a few the boys. I could, tell you, I could tell you where they play, which is that whole road where we used to have our fucking um, yeah, yeah. What's it kind of the Parramatta Blues? Blues. But I couldn't tell you a name. The no. Bears, brother. That's a fucking recruit. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I played a couple of games on the Union. I played for the Maryland Wolves. Oh yeah, how was that? The Maryland Wolves. Yeah, they're called the Maryland's Wolves. Do you play at that Holroyd Park? Was that another dream, Louis? Yeah. <laughs> Are they a team, hey? buddy? The Maryland's yeah. fucking Wolves? Yeah, that no, was a real team, yeah. Did you play at Holroyd <laughs> Park, Louis? Oh, I think it was Holroyd Park, yeah. Is that near where the... Near the M4. That yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right, oh, wow. Bloody hell, you... there you go, mate. How old are you in that? A bit older or a bit younger? Oh, I was probably about 15. How did you feel transitioning into that from, you know, coming into a, ha- having that rugby league background? How did you feel playing some, uh, playing some union? It was, very, it was very different. Mm. Just because the tactics of the game are different. Rugby league, when you run the ball, it, it's it's about, you know, getting over that yardage line, making as many meters. Whereas union... Breakthrough. Whereas rugby union, it's all about main, retaining possession and keeping the ball. So yeah. when you get tackled, not to fight in the tackle, drop and then release the ball and, and mm. keep the phases going. So it was different. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Plus, all you have, plus, you have all the other rules about the twenty-two line and, and the kicking for, uh, field position and that. Look, there's look, it's a lot to get your head around, especially if you're like a, a halves role or. A, or it's a almost like, it's almost strategic. Involved in the rucks. Yeah, definitely. Um, what's his name? You know, I learned the bulk of my fucking rugby union rules of rugby 08. Oh bloody hell! That was that was such a great game. That was, was the goat game. Easily the goat game Easy. in the uh, in the naughty naughties. Hmm, hundred percent. Fucking hell. Who'd you used to use on it, Lou? <coughs> I I used to. Who did I used to play as? Yeah, like who was your go to? Oh, all sorts of all sorts of teams. I used to, I only ever played though uh, like international. So yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> or sometimes I play as a spring box. My my go to were uh, Ireland. Yeah, I, right, Ireland. Oh, a real good rugby club. Oh, real well. Brian O'Driscoll? Brian oh my god. Yeah. You get Brian him in the clear, no one's touching him. He was very well. Nothing yeah. uh, beats, uh, fuck, what was his name? The English bloke. Uh, uh, Robinson. Uh, yeah, the the fly half. He's kicked the kick. Oh, Wilkinson. Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah, Wilkinson. He used to get you out of trouble oh. in rugby, because right? he could fucking sink one from 60 out. So if you get a penalty, 70, uh, 79th minute. And he had that weird that weird squat chucking the shit pose when everything Yeah. Out. I didn't mind playing in South Africa. They had um, Nabana. Nabana, was it? I think that was his name. 
Brian Nabana? Brian Nabana, he was fucking Fuck. quick, man. <laughs> he had like 99 acceleration, 99 speed. You give him the ball and he's off. <laughs> he, used to fucking play. he used to wear long sleeves, yeah? He had the long yeah, sleeves. yeah, yeah. yeah. Car- yeah. Caramel fella. <laughs> I think he only recently just retired. Because I, I remember... Oh shit, he what? He, he's been still playing since fucking He was quite days. young, I think, when I wait. Oh, well, not go. recently as in Speed two years, stuff. but I think recently enough where I saw him just randomly on that. Because that's the only correlation I have to Union is I'll see the international game and I'll look at, say, our island and I'll be like, yeah, we'll wrap up short. Um, I'll see an island and I'll be like, Brian O'Driscoll. Yeah. Yeah, well, fucking like Matt Giddo, Matt Giddo was playing only a few years ago as well. Still, remember him? Yeah, yeah, Giddo. He was a he was a, he was a legend player. playing when you played with Australia. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I um, got connected with rugby eight players by their last name. Like, if their last name looked good oh. on the jersey, that's who I liked playing with. <laughs> Giddo, like I love the Giddo last name, G I T E A U or whatever, whatever it is. That's yeah. just so comfortable. Gato. <laughs> well, that's where oh, I school. that's where I learned about Lottie Takiri. I thought he was always a union player until like I was cognizant about where like people's actual story. Yeah. And then I realized he played league before. And then yeah, wasn't that Tigers Lottie Takiri? I think he comes back to Tigers. He was at Brisbane, and then he went to uh, yeah, rugby. Yeah. And then he came and back. Come back. What are you? There you go. Quickly before we uh, wrap up, Louis, what are your thoughts on Peter Valandis, both as a racing job and also as New South Wales? Because I think he's done an amazing job, and I think well, I as love, a businessman, he's very smart. Valandis. I think he's done an excellent job. You see what he's done for the racing industry. The racing industry, especially in New South Wales, it's, it's such a growing sport, so fast growing, and there were concerns about it because they they said, "Oh, look, racing is dying because." It's more of a like an old man sort of sport, you know. It's an aging. Yeah. yeah. I think they watch it, which isn't true. And you look at the introduction of the Everest and the Kosciuszko, there's other big races, and the, that's which is now the richest race on turf in the world, over ten million dollars. Yeah. And you look at and had record-breaking attendance for its first two years, and and and, and that. Yeah. And you look at the the percentage of people who were under the age of 30 that attended, it far outweighs the amount of people who were over the age of 30. So the yeah, future yeah. for racing is very bright. And a lot of that has to do with Peter Valentis. He's done a very good job with racing. Mm. Um, and I, he's starting to do the same with the NRL. And I think he's the right bloke to have in charge uh, in, a, in a crisis like this. And I think he's going to head steer the NRL into a into a brighter future. Uh, come out of the back end of this, of this COVID crisis. Man, I think you said that better than any of us. Nailed it on the was, fucking head, that mate. That was nailed. And um, what's is that Kosciuszko? Is that the one he he got going? The richest race he in New South Wales? The, the, Everest, the Everest. He got the Everest going, yeah. which is the richest race on turf in the world. Yeah. It's a it's a sprint. It's the world's fastest sprint. Yeah. yeah. Now, the Kosciuszko was introduced a year or two later, which it, it focuses just on country horses and country trainers. So it enables people from the country to have a big shot at yeah. a big race day in the cities and for big prize monies. Yeah, mm. for big prize money. Do you so have to be like an amateur sort of horse? No, you don't have to be an amateur. You just have to be like based from the from country oh, uh, right. regions, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, based out of Kalgoorlie or fucking... <laughs> in a, in a Barabas. Dubbo. Dubbo, yeah, Dubbo will, will suffice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so anywhere out in the country, so it's, it's, it's aimed for country trainers and country horses, so... Yeah. And that's, that's becoming a big race too. It's 
He's doing very well. Yeah. I read up on him the other day. So much he's done for racing, and he's starting to do now for the NRL. We've got some interesting times ahead. Well, he was rated the Sydney Morning Herald last year, put him at number six in the most powerful people in the state yeah. in New South Wales. Wow! Wow! Cool. And that's yeah. Good that's what I man. that's what I heard uh, last year and when Macquarie Sports Radio was thriving. Um, just so big like Mark Levy, your bloody um, David Morrow, your Matt Thompsons, your bloody James Willis, etc. All those Marco and Ox, Ray Hadley, even um, they're all big on him. They're all loving what he did with racing, and I think, like you said, he's gonna he's maybe gonna. He doesn't. He, from everything I've read, he's very no nonsense. He doesn't take shit. Yep. And, well, you look at Todd Greenberg. Todd Greenberg, even though he resigned, I'm telling you, he was pushed out of the door by Vlandis because Vlandis was sick of his shit. Oh, for Apparently, sure. Todd Greenberg, only, he, he wasn't an action man. He, like, he'd say a lot of shit, but he wouldn't follow up on it. He hmm, didn't, so, he didn't, so he was a politician. Yeah, sort of a politician in a, in a sense, yeah. And so Vlandis kept saying, mate, what's happening with this? You know, what are you doing with this? And he didn't have any valid responses or hmm. any, and I think he was sick of excuses, so he... Yeah, I guess you forced him out. Right, oh, wow. There you go. For the betterment of the game, but the game, I think the game is better without him in that role, and I think Valandis is going to take the game uh, onwards and upwards from here. I tend to agree, and I hope, uh, I hope it happens, mate. Oh, and uh, any yeah. parting words? Louis, anything you want to say? that If you do want to uh, pro- uh, tell us your socials, then just get people connected with you. Yeah, uh, my Instagram is bray underscore Lewis. B-R-A-E Scott Lewis Follow me on it I don't know where my chat if you want I don't care <laughs> um, Well as you can tell You're a good chat Yeah yeah. Just don't, just don't give me a drink so <laughs> 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 We'll have to do Our next one That we have you on um, Well that's it Once, uh, once all this gets lifted oh, yeah, We'll definitely have to, to uh, I, hope, I hope this isn't The last time I'm on this Oh uh, definitely not mate I, think... I thoroughly I thoroughly Thoroughly enjoyed Well touche <laughs> mate Def- Definitely thoroughly enjoyed Having you on today It was today. an absolute pleasure Gentlemen so we'll uh thanks for joining us, Louis. Anytime, anytime, uh Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Alright mate, well Cheers Riley. Good having you on. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Riley. Yeah. Have, a, thanks, have a good one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers, bro. Catch right. you, bro. Alright, right, take it easy. Take it easy, Alright. That's a hustler for another week. I'm thanks Mitch. for listening in. Sean and Jesse. <laughs> and uh, when the motherfucking hustle again. Thank you and a good night. Lada.